The reading's from uh, Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future or any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Wow, what an amazing reading that was. I just love Romans 8. And today, as we think about Hannah's baptism, that promise for you, Hannah, that nothing will separate us, separate you from God's love, is something that rings true in our ears. The baptism liturgy is so powerful. The words when we signed you, Hannah, with the cross are amazing. Let's just look at those again. Christ claims you, that is you, for his own. Receive the sign of the cross. And she did. The sign was placed on her forehead and not only by Paul, but also by all the godparents and parents. And then the words, do not be ashamed of Christ, for you are his forever. This is a beginning of a journey that never, ever, ever ends. And we all responded by saying, stand bravely with him against all the powers of evil and remain faithful to Christ to the end of your life. Because the powers of evil are real. The powers of evil are seeking to separate us from the love of God. And this morning we're thinking about the whole thing of spiritual warfare, how the powers of darkness are seeking to deprive us of that relationship with God and to know his love in a way that is leading to destruction. And that's why we want to be able to surround Hannah with our prayers, because it is praying that enables that relationship to continue. And indeed, the prayer says, may Almighty God deliver you from the powers of darkness and lead you in the light and obedience of God. That's not a sort of a a nice wish that we have for, for her. This is a prayer. Hannah, may the God who is almighty deliver you from those powers of darkness. As Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil. We're praying that God would deliver 
her from the powers of darkness. The darkness that the light of Christ that shines in the world dispels. That symbol of the lighted candle makes it very, very clear. And lead you in the light of Christ. That's the walking with Christ. This is discipleship. Which is different from being a Christian. Discipleship is walking the way of Christ. Going with him step by step on the journey. It's a fantastic reading. These are powerful words. Being on God's side is something that is, has huge implications, not only for today, but for the rest of our lives. I love being on winning sides. And I feel very, very, very disappointed <laughs> when even if it's by just four points, we didn't win yesterday, that is Wales. Those of you who don't know me know that uh, I have a little Welsh blood in me. But I thought I was going to be on the winning side when Mickey Thomas, a footballer who played for Manchester United and for Wales, some 92 caps I think he had for Wales, was bold enough to invite me to be in his team. I was at school with Mickey Thomas and uh, he lived in Mochtre, which literally means Welsh for pig town, which is not a great start to have in life. But he went to the same school, and he had some fantastic mates who were footballers, and they were desperate for a goalkeeper, so they asked me if I would show up and put on a green jersey and play. Well, of course, this team, we went to a tournament in Rill, just down the road, and uh, we got through very easily the first rounds until we came to the semi-final. In the semi-final, we came up a really good opposition, and it was a very close match. And the match went on to extra time. It was still level pegging, still two all, I think it was, because I can still remember it pretty well, till we came to penalties. Up steps Mickey Thomas, slots it in the left-hand corner, and then Gavin, forgotten his surname, he put one smashed in the middle of the goal. Everything, all the other opposition were doing the same thing. And so it came to me, and I was last to take a penalty. And it all depended on me. And I can still remember <laughs> the feeling of this ball. And I side-footed it, but I leant back a bit, and it just went over the bar. And we were out. And the bus ride home on the top of a double-decker was silent. That was a long time ago, and I was 16. I can still remember it vividly. But I wanted to be on the winning side. I've always wanted to be on the winning side. Little did I know that in a year's time after that, I would become someone who was on the winning side. When I stood up for Jesus, and said, yes, I want to be on your side, Lord. I want to live my life for you. I don't know what it'll entail, but I'm prepared to take the risk and go for it with my whole heart, as I don't do things half-heartedly. And that was the beginning of a journey that now I know with all my heart, I believe with everything in me that I am on a winning 
side. And that's why today the symbol um, that I want to bring at the end of this prayer series is that of the cross. Because the cross is the sign of victory where Christ won the greatest victory over evil and death that has ever been won. You say, how can this be a sign of victory? It is a sign of death, of torture, of the end of everybody's life. But of course, the story of Jesus doesn't end at Calvary at the cross. The story goes on that on the third day, he rose again and is never to die once more. So to sign somebody with the sign of the cross means that you're saying, I sign you with the sign of victory. You are Christ's one, a Christian. Of course, Hannah will go on to confirm that later in her life by her own statement of faith in Christ as I did. But this mark of belonging, the symbol of the cross, means that you are, Hannah, his forever, that you are part of a team, the church, that will never be defeated by evil. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is true for all who bear that sign and who are not ashamed to bear that name. And that's why we can say confidently, as God's people, stand bravely with him, Hannah, against the powers of evil. We encourage her, come on, Hannah! You can do this. You can't even stand up physically, but in your life, you can take that stand. If you continue in the way of Christ, and the way that we continue in that way is on the path of prayer. The path of prayer. St. Paul speaks of the strength that is ours as we come in that relationship with God in prayer. And he says in Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He doesn't say, just do your best and try hard. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power because we cannot overcome the temptations that come our way. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. These forces are real. These forces are dark and deadly. That's why Jesus said, deliver us from evil or the evil one. And there will be times, of course, that Hannah and all of us will be tempted to sit down and not stand up to say, oh, you know, I just cannot do this anymore. This Christian stuff is just too hard. It might be a real crisis in one's faith that God doesn't answer my prayer. I can't trust him anymore. Temptation, everyone knows temptation. And everyone is overcome by temptation. The forces behind what is evil that destroy life are huge. The temptations to pornography, to be racist, to be greedy, to be cruel. Cruel beyond description as we've seen when 
Auschwitz was liberated. So we celebrated that earlier this year. Well, celebrate is the right word, but we marked that huge liberation from darkness. Those are real powers. And so there is only one who has overcome. And on the cross, when the powers of evil were at their height, and as Mark puts it, darkness covered the earth for three hours. The courage that Jesus showed in the face of evil is beyond our capacity to ever understand. It looked as if evil was triumphing. And yet, as we know, the third day, the light burst from that tomb. And Jesus shattered the powers of evil with a love through which God triumphed. We all face death. It will get us in the end. Mickey Thomas, now 62, has got stomach cancer. Doesn't look a good prognosis. Everybody will succumb to death. But those who are in Christ, who are united with Christ in this life, will find themselves sharing, the Bible says, in the resurrection of Christ. What happened to Christ happens to us. How that will happen, we can never know. But that is what the Bible teaches, and that is what we build our life on. The Bible's meta-narrative sells us that the powers of darkness are seeking to cut people off from the source of life and love, to be separated from God, which can only be described as hell, is something that we are right to fear. But, as Paul puts it in that passage from Romans 8 that Claire read, the rhetorical question comes, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Because we're so good. Because we've tried really hard. Because we've done our best. No. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, or powers, nor depth, nor future, or anything at nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that is why we prayed for Hannah, that God would deliver her from the powers of darkness and lead her in the light and obedience of Christ. That's why we gave her a candle to remind her of the light that is stronger than darkness. For Christ has overcome, and it's a promise for all who are in Christ. In that relationship with Jesus, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so I want to conclude just by making this point really, really clearly, again from Ephesians 6, that prayer, I mean, there's lots of tools that can help us come against evil in different situations that you'll find in the toolbox 
uh, it, both here and in our experience and in our small groups, we're going to be thinking about those things. But the key, as Paul speaks of in Ephesians 6, verse 18, he says, after he's talked all about the spiritual armor that we can put on, he says, pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Because prayer is the greatest resource that we have in the face of the enemy. And I hope and trust that this prayer course has given us these tools which will equip us in every aspect of our walking with God. Tools like Jesus used in his, in his father Joseph's workshop. He got to know how to use them by learning from his father. He learned to plane the wood. He used to knock the nails in to use the electric drills and all the stuff that he had there, you know, health and safety helmet on and all the rest. But Jesus used those tools knowing that he had to learn how to do them. And he made some amazing things. You know, he didn't just think, table, and that was a miracle. It just happened. He worked with the wood, and he works with us. And he gives us tools and says, come on, come on, Joe, learn how to use those. Learn how to, these aspects of prayer that you are able to learn with me. I'll teach you. Others will teach you. And that's what we've been trying to do over these last eight weeks because they are how we fight our battles. So, let me conclude by going back to our shelves. P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And we've been thinking about different aspects. We've got penguins. I won't get them all out. Penguins, do you remember? You can look at all of them on the website if you want to. Penguins in its element when it's in the water, doing what penguins are made to do, waddling around. It's not quite what they're meant to do all the time. They learn human beings are in their element when they're in relationship with God. That was the point. And we looked at different aspects of praying, pausing, taking time to slow down, and take a break out of everybody's life. Who will ever forget Aidan's wonderful impression of Susanna Wesley in his apron over his head? Such a beautiful apron, Aidan. It's gorgeous. Do you remember the story? She put her apron over her head because she had eight children all around her feet. And she, I just, this, is where my, this is my sign that I'm praying. I need to pause. We've got all the different things. We've got rejoicing in God's goodness, the way in which we can enter into that life of God when we think of him as the God whose name is hallowed. We rejoice in his goodness. We think of praying the Lord's Prayer as we are seeking to pray thy kingdom come. We're praying for the kingdom in the, all the world, the globe. We're speaking to pray for the recognition that God wants to build us up, that we can pray ourselves for what we need for our daily bread and ask him in faith. But when those prayers aren't answered, we can still learn to trust him through those difficult times. We can listen to God. That's why we have open hands like that. And we have our roots down into the ground to soak up that which is feeding us with his life. The ear is listening to God's voice. 
and the way in which God enables us through the cross to find in Christ our hope of everlasting life. So we conclude that prayer by saying, God, all the power, all the kingdom, all the glory is yours now and forever. We echo that great amen with the church throughout the world that Christ has overcome. And we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, through the one who will always love us forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.